Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. I'm Brandon Cadiz. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Warriors247Pod and follow me at BCadiz0. We have plenty to cover this episode, including Steph Curry's first career game-winning buzzer beater versus the Houston Rockets, his recent scoring slump, and what could be the reason for that. And we also dive into Clay Thompson's knee injury. He was scratched late to start against the Utah Jazz. And how does that impact the Draymond Green injury and James Wiseman injury to the Warriors winning another NBA Finals title? All of that on this episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. And wow, we have plenty to cover. The Warriors going 2-0. Steph Curry hitting his first game winner. What a weekend for Bay Area sports. Not only was there an NBA game, but also an NFL game. The San Francisco 49ers advanced to the NFC Championship game, pulling off another upset against the Green Bay Packers. San Francisco, especially, and Bay Area sports fans, you gotta love this one. Bang, bang, Niner gang. And shout out to my guy, Tomaj Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks. Love the video that he put out there on the Sharks account. Him saying, bang, bang, Niner gang. That, that provided a laugh for me and got me pumped for that game. But let's get to the Warriors side. Warriors 2-0 and in the past two games. All decided by one possession. And let me tell you, that Steph Curry buzzer beater is what we needed. It's what the fans wanted. I love how Steph is such a fan of basketball. He's such aware of everything that goes on around him. And he said that he felt good to finally hit that shot, that game winner at the buzzer. And and we have all seen Steph Curry hit game-winning shots, just not at the buzzer. We all remember that OKC game. There's a little bit of time left. Steph Curry is clutch. Might not be directly once it hits triple zeros, but he's proven to have hit those game winners. And man, I love the fiery Steph in this game. It was capped off by an 8-0 run where Curry hit a floater. Then he went to the bench and kicked down a chair. You all had to see that Dub Nation on Twitter. Steph finished the game with 22 points, but another inefficient scoring performance. 6 of 21 from the field. 4-13 overall from beyond the arc. He followed that off with the Jazz game with the Warriors 194-92 with a performance of 13 points. Only 5 of 20 shooting overall and 1 of 13 from the field. And let me give you these numbers courtesy of Stat News. Steph Curry's worst shooting performance on a minimum of 20 shot attempts. He has gone 4 for 21 this season. 5 for 24, 5 of 21, he went 5 of 21 again in the 2010 season, 7 of 28 this season, and again, the 5 of 20 performance against the Jazz, and 1 of 13 from beyond the arc. There is something going on with Steph Curry, whether he wants to say it or not. Do you feel anything mechanically that is up, or I mean, do you, uh, just what do you feel about your shot right now? Who gives that? Damn about excuses. I mean, anything that anybody wants to hear about why he either makes shots or he makes shots. So, 
You gotta start making some shots. Do you feel there is, even if you're not gonna reveal them, reasons behind it? No. <laughs> okay. How your hands feel? By the way, I don't think you're bad. I'm still attached to my body and I'm still good. <laughs> still good. That audio was courtesy of Anthony Slater. Before we comment more on Steph's shooting slump, we gotta hear from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And another report today from Twitter from Jason Dumas revealed that he was at practice and he saw that there was a lot more coaches around Steph Curry talking to him about his shot with Coach Q and Ron Adams was also there and the video shows Steph Curry missing some shots talking with those coaches and I think it's we mentioned it before I think it's a mechanical thing I think it's also him thinking about the misses mentally and him chasing for that record of the most three-pointers could have affected him earlier in the year when he did it at the garden we also have to remember of what happened in that Chicago Bulls game in Chicago Steph got his arm and hand chopped right he fell awkwardly was shaking that hand a little bit and then also it, his finger was jammed again in a home game a couple of nights ago, and we saw Steph not play that fourth quarter against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I do not believe that Steph Curry will have a shooting slump like this without an injury. I don't think it's the regression of him because we saw Steph go off for an MVP type-like season a month and a month and a half ago. And if you want to throw it back to last year in March and April, Steph Curry is godly levels of shooting. And he took the NBA by storm last season when he came back from that hand injury. Let's take a look at Stephen Curry's numbers from December 14th to earlier in the season. That's 27 games, including the game he broke the three-point record against the Knicks. Steph Curry in those 27 games averaged 26.9 points, 5.5 rebounds, 6.1 assists, and he shot at 43% from the field and 39.9% from beyond the arc. Now in games after that Nick game, December 17th and beyond, that's a total of 16 games, Steph has dropped to 24.4 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, 6.3 assists, only shooting at 39.9% from the field, and 33.2% 
from beyond the arc. Now about a 4% drop in his field goal percentage and around 7% drop in his shooting from beyond the arc. Those numbers and that amount of percentage points that have dropped is very concerning. And we say that the three-point shots, especially him missing wide-open three-pointers, have been a concern. But what has been a concern is his ability to also miss those easy layups that he normally hits within the restricted area. Steph is still playmaking at the same level too in rebounds and assists. It's just his shooting that has gone down. And I'm not going to be I'm not going to pretend to be an expert and tell you guys that I'm there every practice, but just from the eye test and just from seeing what has happened and transpired with Steph going 5 of 20 or 7 of 23 and him shooting 1 of 13 from beyond the arc, I think it's definitely a mental issue accompanied by his hand injury. I think it's a hand injury that he's playing through and that he's not telling us. To add more salt to the wound, Klay Thompson has not played since the game against the Indiana Pacers. He was scratched and ruled out against the Utah Jazz due to left knee soreness. It's the same left knee that he had reconstructive ACL surgery on, and that is concerning to a lot of Warriors fans. The last time we shot this podcast, we talked about the potential of a breakout game from the Splash Brothers. We thought that Clay was back, especially in the game against the Detroit Pistons, where he went for 21 points, went 3 for 8 from beyond the arc. Overall, this season, Clay Thompson in his six games has averaged 21.4 minutes, 14.7 points, 2.8 rebounds, 2 assists, only shooting at 37% from the field and 30% from beyond the yard. So Clay has not found his groove since he's come back. We know how hard it was for him. He thought it was going to be an easy process to be able to ease himself and work his way from a bad game to a good game and try to continue that good streak. And I think it was really demoralizing for him when he had that great game against Detroit. And then when he played against the Pacers, he only scored 12 points and shot 6 of 17 overall. We thought he was going to find his groove after scoring 21 points. Now, it's a process that I think is not linear. You'll have those bad games, you'll have those good games, especially after you've missed 941 days of NBA basketball. And I think when you've been out for that long, it's better to be safe than sorry when handling these type of injuries. And I think the Warriors have taken a different approach to rehabbing and giving players an extended amount of time off from returning for injury. That's why, for example, Draymond Green projected to be out four to six weeks with that lower disc in his lower back, uh, or disc in his lower back is what I'm trying to say, is you got to be cautious of it. I think it was traumatizing to the Warriors as an organization when they rushed KD back from that injury that he had in the NBA Finals. And you know what happened there? He tore his Achilles ultimately after that little calf strain that KD had. And for James Wiseman, why is it taking longer? Well, well, we heard why from James Wiseman. The delay of his return, he had a scope in his knee in mid-December to flush out some loose bodies which slowed that anticipated comeback. The Warriors are taking a slow approach. There's many moving pieces, and is it time to be 
worried about the Warriors NBA Finals chances. And I said this last episode, it's no time to panic, but when we hear news about Clay being out, Draymond out now, and James Wiseman uh, rehab continuing to be delayed for his comeback, it's definitely a concern for the Warriors. They currently sit second in the Western Conference behind the Phoenix Suns. Warriors sit behind Phoenix at a record of 34-13. and 13. Three games back now as the Suns are 36-9. and nine. Warriors still have a home record of 21-4 and four on a two-game winning streak. They are only 5-5 five and five though in their last 10 games. So they have cooled off since a hot start for the Golden State team. And there's been rumors all season long about the Warriors needing that extra five and extra big man after Kevon Looney with James Wiseman delay being sent back a couple of weeks to mid-February about him possibly coming back. I would guess myself to be right after the NBA All-Star break is when we should expect to see James Wiseman implemented into this Warriors lineup. Nemanja Bialica started off hot but has cooled down shooting-wise and playmaking-wise. He hasn't really been able to find his shot, so that is concerning for the Warriors. But rumors were shot down of the Warriors trading for a center. They There was an article that came out about why the Warriors did not make a move in the offseason to trade or acquire a true number 5 center position, and that was because of James Wiseman. They all anticipated that he would have been ready to start the season but now, we have to give flowers to the man this season that has emerged and I believe has been very underrated this season, and that's Kevon Looney. He has been on a tear rebounding this month of January. Six of the 13 games played this month, Looney has had double-digit rebounds as well as two double-doubles alone this month. Since January 14th, Looney is averaging 7.5 points per game, 11.2 rebounds per game, shooting at 69% from the field. Looney also ranks 10th in rebounds per game since January 14th in the entire NBA. Kevon Looney has been a great factor for the Warriors recently, helping the Warriors out-rebound their opponents, get those second-chance opportunities, and help set up shots for Stephen Curry and the other shooters on the Warriors. With Klay Thompson out, who's going to step up? Well, we're going to go back to the pool party. Jordan Poole, I mentioned last podcast episode that he needs to work his game inside, which is commonly said and is a cliche, and work it back outside. And it did work. Back-to-back 20-point games for Jordan Poole. The pool party is officially back open in the Rockets game. Poole, 20 points, 7 of 15 overall shooting, 2 of 4 from beyond the arc. You love to see him only take four shots from deep. Then fast forward to the Jazz game. 20 points for Jordan Poole on 7 of 13 shooting, but this time 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. A plus 6 for him in the Jazz game. 
and a plus 18 for him in the Rockets game. So with Klay Thompson out, if Jordan Poole can return to his form of being a starter and continuing to produce those starting numbers that he did earlier in this year, I think the Warriors can salvage and save their shot at being a top two seed in the Western Conference and helping contend themselves and pushing for that NBA Finals title and Finals appearance at the least. And what a play by Jordan Poole to fake the inside-out dribble, take a hesitation, had Jordan Clarkson fall on his butt and nail the three-pointer. A highlight play that you saw on SportsCenter will take you in the arena with Bob Fitzgerald and Kalena Azabuki on that call. About a handle and breaking ankles and no defender wants to do that. Oh, it's a mean in and out. And Clarkson could not handle Look at his face. Yo, look at the bench. They're wiping oh, the floor. That ain't right. You know what happened? That ain't right. Man down. Everybody happened first. And Jonathan Kamingo lost his starting spot since the last podcast where I said that he could be the Draymond replacement until Draymond comes back, similar to that run that the Warriors had with Draymond Green taking over David Lee. I didn't mean to jinx him. And if I did, I'm sorry, Jonathan Kaminga. I am still a huge believer in you. But Otto Porter Jr. starting against the Houston Rockets. 13 points, 5 of 8 shooting, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. You gotta love the 7 rebounds and 1 block that he provided. And then when we fast forward to the Jazz game, 13 points for Otto Porter, 5 of 7 overall shooting, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, and one block. He loved to see the defensive numbers there. And that's what Jonathan Kaminga has provided temporarily in the couple of games that he started in the absence of Draymond Green. But Otto Porter Jr. providing those numbers as well. You'll love to see that at the four spot. Historically, the Warriors have been great at the four spot because of Draymond Green. But what an acquisition for Otto Porter Jr. He was someone to come off the bench. You can rely on his three-point shot. He's had the big game against the Phoenix Suns. Where would the Warriors be without OPJ? They would not be winning these tight-knit one-possession games against the Utah Jazz and then the Houston Rockets if it wasn't for Otto Porter Jr. He has shined in the starting role and load managing throughout the season and credit to the staff and Steve Kerr and the trainers there with the Warriors and Bruce Frazier. They have done a tremendous job to keep Porter healthy and his it has played dividend in the last two games with a plus seven against the Utah Jazz for OPJ and a plus 16 against the Houston Rockets. That just speaks to how great of an impact he has made on this team. And you love to see him rebound. Seven and eight rebounds. Don't let the age fool you for Otto Porter Jr. Let's talk more about the reinforcements coming off the bench. GP2 and Damian Lee have had good back-to-back -back games off the bench. Let's take a look at their numbers. Damian Lee against the Rockets. 8 points on 4 of 5 shooting, and against the Utah Jazz, Lee with 12 points, 4 of 8 shooting, 4 for 6 from the on, beyond the arc with 2 rebounds and a steal, and for GP2 against the Rockets, 8 points, 4 rebounds, or excuse me, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 block against the Utah Jazz for GP2, 6 points, 
five rebounds, two steals, and one block. And if the Warriors are going to play this way, then it's crucial for D. Lee and for GP2 to be able to continue to provide a great impact off the bench. I think the Warriors will stick with this lineup for a while. Putting Otto Porter Jr. into the starting lineup, Jonathan Kaminga coming off the bench, GP2 and Damian Lee, your 6th and 7th men coming off of the bench for the Golden State Warriors. They need to continue to shoot and provide defensive effort at the same rate that they are off the bench in order for them to succeed and continue to string a good amount of wins coming up for the Golden State Warriors. Again, we'll remind you of the Warriors' next couple of games here at home. They take on the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow, the Timberwolves on Thursday, the shorthanded Brooklyn Nets on Saturday before they take a two-game Texas swing, the Rockets and the Spurs before coming back home to take on the Sacramento Kings on February 3rd. Some other news and notes. Steve Kerr was asked if how he has handled Steph Curry's rotational minutes in terms of him playing nine minutes in the first quarter, resting, and then coming back in the second quarter, and then coming out in the later half of that second quarter has affected the way Steph Curry has been on this shooting slump. And he was also asked if they were going to go back to the old let place, let Steph play the entire first quarter, the full 12 minutes, and then let him play the second quarter until the halfway point, the 12-6 way. Would that be a reason for his slump? And Steve Kerr basically said, no, I think we're going to stick with this entire season, especially with Clay being out so far and being on limited minutes, Draymond being out. And yeah, like I said, to touch on this quickly, I think Steve Curry knows Steph Curry the best compared to anyone else. He's been with Steph Curry for about half of his career, more than that. So the rotation minutes haven't been an issue earlier this season. And during his slump, people are just going to try to nitpick the most little things and try to understand, and understandably so, of why Steph Curry is slumping. But I don't think those rotation minutes are anything to do with it. Also, did we all see that Gary Payton dunk against the Pacers on Goga Batadze? That was an amazing, tremendous dunk and a highlight reel for Gary Payton II. He showed grit and effort, did a little scratch to his head. He loved seeing Jordan Poole pop out in the background doing the same thing. Both players were teed up with double technicals and Batadze, of course, ejected from the game with his second technical foul. But this is my case for G Gary Payton II to be in the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. I know earlier this season he was asked if he would reconsider being in the NBA Dunk Contest. And he said earlier in the year, I'm an in-game dunker only. Just trying to make the good plays to win the game. And I love the humbleness of Gary Payton II. But hey, if I have the opportunity this season to get in that Warriors meteor room and ask Gary Payton the second that question, I am definitely going to push the narrative of him being in the NBA dunk contest this season at the All-Star break. That would be tremendous to have a Warrior in it, the first one since Harrison Barnes, if I'm not mistaken. And then you remember the old good days of Jason Richardson and him winning the slam dunk contest as a member of the Golden State Warriors. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. That's all the time we have here today. Make sure to hit subscribe and follow to stay up to date on the latest episodes every single week. Make sure to follow on wherever you can get your podcasts and follow our podcast Twitter at Warriors 24-7 pod on Twitter. And follow me, Brandon Cadiz, on Twitter at bcadiz0, B-C-A-D-I-Z-0. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.